Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we will be discussing professionalism and how to enter the art world as a professional and act like a professional. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So I think that this is a really good topic to discuss. Um, It seems like it's something that's a little bit overlooked, and that's just how to treat art like a career. Yes, it is, and I think it's it's a really big step. And there are people who hesitate to call themselves artists when they're starting out or to call the place where they work a studio. You know, I many times hear, oh, in my basement or my garage. And it's not that those are not studios, but it this kind of uh, feeling about yourself and what you do as being a, an actual career, even if it's not your main career, is a step. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that a yeah. little bit today. Yeah. Well, what makes you a professional is, is not where you do your work. It's not having high overhead and you know, a special, it's, it's about, it's about the quality of work that you're producing. Yeah. And some other things too, that have to do with, um, your, yes, what you do, how you do it, how you think about what you do and, and those sort of things. And I, I think one of the misconceptions that people may have, if they don't have, uh, an art degree, they have not been to, art college or had a graduate degree. Yeah, very true. And this often stops people because in other professions, that would be expected, right? Most mm-hmm. other professions, if you say, uh, even in even in the trades, you would have had some sort of certificate or something to say, yes, I'm a plumber or whatever. A professional in any field usually has some backing in their education. And I would say the arts in general don't always require that. And it's it's certainly a good thing. And if you have it, it's wonderful. And I appreciate my own educational background a lot. But it is not necessarily something that people are aware of when they look at your work, or that, say, someone who's interested in your work would would run and check your resume and make sure that you had the proper degrees. Yeah. It's almost a bizarre concept to me that people would even consider that with art. I mean, it kind of makes sense in, you know, an educational setting if people want to be sure that you're credentialed to to teach, but that's teaching, right. not creating art, you know? Like, what what is art is completely subjective, and to say, oh, well, you need to be certified to create art, to me, is just a completely bizarre concept. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and yet it it can stand out in people's minds that do not have the degree, that they're somehow not qualified. And I've heard it from many people, and I've heard about people considering getting an advanced degree just to have that credential. And they were they're already producing good work; they're already out there. And they, they, I think people wonder if galleries are concerned about this, and I suppose some are, and some are not. And I think, I think that, I guess I just want to put that one kind of aside and say, don't, don't be concerned if you don't have the high degree in in our education. At the same time, in order to produce very good work, you will have self educated to some degree. Sure. So, you know that this, but that doesn't mean a piece of paper, whatever. Um, 
Well, what, what galleries are concerned about is can they sell your work? And, right. and having a credential is not necessarily part of their their sales technique. No. You know, that mo- most people who are buying art don't care where you were educated. No, not, not really. I mean, and I don't want to discount a higher education degree. I think it can be really valuable, but I think in a practical sense, it, it doesn't really affect your position as a professional. And another thing that doesn't necessarily affect that is your income or whether you're making all your income from art, which is another thing Mm -hmm. kind of maybe people think I can't call myself a professional if I have a day job or, or maybe there, and there are also other absolutely professional artists who are not concerned with selling their work. They may be uh, mainly focused on, say, exhibiting in non-commercial spaces, or they may be doing some sort of ephemeral work that can't be sold. They may be getting most of their income from teaching. And so that's, again, it's not an income level. Yeah. The difference between an amateur and a professional is whether you are selling your work and making money from it, but it doesn't have to be a lot, you know? Like, I, I am a professional audio producer, because I do sell my audio production skills. Um, but I, I also have other jobs, you know? This isn't the only thing that I do. Right. And I I guess I just, I really want to say, though, that there are artists who never sell their work who are considered professionals. And maybe it's unique to the art world. Um, they might have... It very ga- well could be. They might have gallery representation. They may They will have had an excellent resume. But what they're doing is not about selling it. And so that is kind of a special category, I guess. So do those artists just donate their work to no, no. public displays? Or? Well, no, what I'm talking about are artists who are working in ephemeral ways or, um, you know, um, performance art or something like that. Now, usually sure. there is some documentation of such things that might be for sale or displayed, but it's... Um, you know the art world is it, it plays by its own rules to some extent. So I just wanted to put that out there to say, you know, if you're one of those artists, I'm not discounting your professionalism because there is a there is that category. But I think that it means really that it's about your dedication and and your accomplishments and your recognition and the way that you spend your time, you know, the way that you focus on your work and um usually means yes you have a resume that goes back a number of years there's a there's a community outside of your circle of friends and family and your community that recognizes you as for what you do and that's i think that's a mark of professionalism that your reach extends beyond a small circle of people and is acknowledged by others who have a critical eye for what for what art is so that's that's a step that you can't necessarily control, you know, how people regard you, uh, but that is yeah. part of it, yeah. It's something that really only comes from doing it over a long period of time. Right, and I think behind that and behind that recognition is very good work and work that is distinctive and work that is you and, and is a way that people identify you with your work. There's a connection, and so that... If your work is not focused, if it's all over the place, if it's not uh, getting out there, 
that is a step that if you want to take, you can take it and you can push it. And and this is not for everyone. You know, I also want to say that you can be you can be a good artist, an excellent artist, and you can be very happy with what you do and yet not enter this more professional level by choice. And that's fine. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot else that goes along with that. You know, when you when you take that next step, it's it's a huge commitment, you know, not only of your time and energy, but, um, you know, there's an emotional commitment involved. You don't want to be rejected. You don't want to fail at it. Right. You know, and there's there's a, a risk involved in that. Right. Yeah. When you put when you put art at the center of your life and what you do. Yeah, that is definitely it's a risk because you will you will encounter rejection. Absolutely. That comes with the territory. And you will encounter people who don't get what you do, whether they're just your friends and family. Sometimes they, they I've often talked to people in my workshops who have decided to take this step. And all of a sudden, almost out of the blue to their people that are close to them, suddenly this person they thought they knew was saying, excuse me, but I am now going to focus what I do all my time on my work. And I need a space to do this in and I need a re- your respect for what I do. Uh, not not interrupting me, not expecting me to drop everything when you want to go out for coffee, whatever that is for each person, setting boundaries with their uh, loved ones and friends that's big, actually. It's hard. Well, and art is so inherently personal, you know? And yeah. if it's it's one thing in other professions, if you're, you know, trying to uh, make, you know, set that time aside and, you know, whether, like, if, if people don't really respect what you're doing, um, you know, with art in particular, it's like they're disrespecting you as a person. Well, because it, what right. you are selling is yourself and the product of your creative energy. Yeah. And and so that that can be, you know, a very deep personal wound, you know, when if if your friends and family are not respecting you, if the public at large is rejecting your work, it can feel very very personal. Right. And that that fear of that step, you know, is it's something that does hold a lot of people from kind of just stepping out in the world with confidence about their work because those those kind of uh, reactions are, are really difficult. I've experienced them, and I think most artists have, that there are people that just don't get it. And so, it, yeah, I mean, you have to understand uh, artists are, what we do is hard for people to acknowledge and understand sometimes. Well, and and you have to detach yourself from your work in some way in order to handle that, and and that's especially difficult because it is so personal, you yeah. know. But you have to you have to be able to to take that criticism and, and I, uh, that rejection and right. And I think actually that that's a key point of acting professionally is that you don't take it personally, <laughs> at least in an outward way. Yeah, you may <laughs> you may cry in your room, <laughs> but to the to others you present a face of confidence and you don't you don't let it get you down and it's very hard and i but you know when you think about people in in all sorts of creative pursuits it's the same thing whether you know you're an actor that doesn't get a part or whatever and you you can go around and complain to everyone and badmouth the people that rejected you or didn't understand you but 
to me, that's not a professional attitude because this comes with the territory. You just move on if you can. So I think that that inner work is it's important to, to understand are you ready to take that on and are you ready to take that step and understand this will absolutely happen. There will be people who don't get it. And, you know, it's it's always good when your immediate circle does understand that's a great support. But you can be pretty sure the, there will be people in the outside world that will reject you. Well, and with all that said, we, we don't want to scare people off of taking that step, no. you know, because there are a lot of really positive <laughs> things about doing art professionally. I, I guess that was a little scary. You will suffer. Yeah. You will cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true of anything. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Anything that you do in life, there's yeah. risk involved. There's yes. emotional commitment. Yeah. But, but the payoff is yes. is really rewarding as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And I, I'm glad you we shifted gears there because the joy of making the art the center of your life is incredible and and it is worth it absolutely worth it and the more you experience that the more these other things pale in their importance and you you know you can grow and really enjoy this center being centered on your work um and you know there there are people who and i i guess i count myself as one of them that from an early age that they're not from an early age considering themselves artists and considering that art will be their career and they're not as likely to go through this stage of making this step because it's always been uh the the goal and the where you're going but i think that does not guarantee that you turn into a professional either <laughs> i mean there are things that you have to really work on in order to to get that status but you know, I, I don't want to leave out the people that are not just coming into this later in life and saying, okay, now I'm going to make a leap. And so for the people that have been doing it all along, I think it's there's a, there's a lot of things that you still have to learn about navigating the art world and um, about your attitudes and your your personal voice and your work, the, the direction that will bring you people's attention and respect. How do you how do you feel that people should pre- present themselves? You know, in particularly in like an opening setting, mm-hmm. you know, because this is something that every artist is going to have to do is is present your work at an opening in front of people, you right? Know, in front of gallery owners, right? Okay, well, let's start start with the opening, the opening reception at an exhibit. So you've got to the point that you. The gallery has accepted you, they like your work, they're giving you an exhibit. Or it could be that you're present at a group show, which is also an opportunity to be very professional. Um, you've got one or two pieces in a show. And I think many, many artists are introverted. And it is hard to, um, to, to put yourself out there. So... The uh, a more unprofessional person would probably not put themselves forward very much. And this is, you know, I have to say I've been at openings even within the last few years where I felt incredibly shy and incredibly uh, difficult to go up to people and talk to them. And other times it has been easy because people are approaching me but this varies a lot and i i could tell you know difficult stories about situations in which i realized it was up to me to step forward and talk about my work to someone 
in the best situations, either people are excited and they're coming up to you or the gallery person is introducing you to people and making sure that you're comfortable. But especially in a group show, you're likely to get overlooked. And and then you're just standing there maybe with the people that you know that were nice enough to come to your opening. <laughs> so how do you do it? You know, how do you, you see someone looking at your work? How do you approach them? And I think, Again, I I do find this uncomfortable, but you can go up and say, oh, I, I see that you're looking at this painting. It's my painting. Um, could I ask what your response is or something like that? You know, just try to engage them in conversation. And they may say, oh, uh, yeah, it's nice and turn around and walk away. <laughs> so prepare for anything. Um, in general, though, when you're when you're with your work in a public setting, you try to be just very approachable and talk to people and realize that not everyone has an art vocabulary. People may just say things like, oh, it's I like the colors or something. And, you know, that's where they're at and say, well, thank you. And, you know, if you want to tell me more, I'm listening. But it's, uh, that part is hard. But, and I think, I think not to reject those opportunities is professional to say, yes, I will speak. If you want me to speak at my opening, I will. This just happened up in Telluride. They, I just had a, a really nice opening up at the Telluride Gallery of Fine Art. And each, each of us, there were two artists, we were asked to speak about our work. And really, it was fine. You know, it gives the people standing around a chance to hear more. So, uh, yeah, accepting that responsibility, really, to talk about your work. And, and you want to dress nice. You want to look nice. Oh, yeah. You know. I mean, I think I think there's a lot there's a lot of leeway at openings where, you know, uh, many many artists don't really dress up for openings, and I think people are kind of okay with that. It's sort of eccentric, and I I always dress up, but you know, I, I've been to openings where the artist had a certain scruffy look that was sort of okay, but that's different than uh, now you're already showing your work. You you have achieved this point, but when you're approaching galleries or doing anything in the professional world, I think it is important to not be scruffy and to to dress up and and look presentable and clean and good and um, all the things that are generally advised in business apply when you're going after a gallery. You know, you're polite, you shake hands, you make eye contact. Uh, you don't. You're discreet in what you say. You don't just babble on and all those things that are part of any interview or that sort of thing. They apply to artists as well. And that, that that's kind of shocking to some people. But yeah. Well, so what about the work itself? Um, you know, I suppose there's you got to have standards of quality. Uh, you got to price your work appropriately. Yeah, you do. And I think. I think to, you know, bottom line, feel good about anything that leaves your studio and don't don't let go of things until you feel good about them. And this, um, you know, you have your own standards. And we, we did a different podcast recently about finishing your work and the, the kind of steps that you might go through in order to, to feel that it's truly done and you're happy with it. And so that's... A definite thing. You don't want to just fill up a show with work that wasn't up to your own standards, but you were rushing around to get it done. And that kind of gets it gets back to another aspect of professionalism, which is 
making commitments that you can honor and then honoring them. And it's very easy for artists to overcommit. I'm guilty of this myself, where you have some opportunities come along and you say yes to everything. And then you find yourself at the point of overload and trying to finish things and being stressed out about that. And I think it's a particular special thing for artists because if you're oh, just manufacturing a product, say, and you, you get an order and you say, okay, I know, I'm pretty much know how long it's going to take me to manufacture this product and get the order out. I mean, you've done it before. And uh, you can kind of tell if they're piling up too much. An artist doesn't really know usually how long it's going to take to finish a painting and how long it's going to take to prepare for a show because a painting can really fight back and take a long time. And so that's the kind of thing that, that we have to try to build into the <laughs> to our commitments. Well, there actually is a problem. As, as somebody who, who does manufacture a product, <laughs> there, there is the same issue. Um, because if you think about it in, in art terms, you know, if you've been making like kind of small, you know, uh, 12 by 12 paintings and somebody commissions something, commissions something that's six feet by six feet. And you think, oh, well, you know, that's, uh, like if I did, you know, 36 little paintings, you know, <laughs> right. you kind of, that's how you budget your time. <laughs> but like, it may end up taking a lot more time than that. Yes. You know, for sure. you just don't know if it's not something that you've done on, on that scale before. You don't really know how your work scales. Um, and, uh, we ran into that, Recently, we ended up bringing our manufacturing in-house because we were outsourcing our manufacturing. And the, the individual who we were outsourcing to, who ha- has been really wonderful to us, you know, like I don't want to talk any smack about him because he's, he's a really great guy. And, but he took on a large project over the winter that was larger than he was prepared for. Oh, I see. And because of that, he was not able to supply us with what we needed. So you were on the receiving end of somebody not scheduling their time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So so this is something that that kind of exists across all different businesses. You got to know how things scale. You got to know what you can take on. Yeah. And there is that temptation to take on larger more you know more commitment larger project project absolutely because there is a a a bigger reward associated with that right and you and you can easily think oh you know i can fit in this other stuff around the edges and i need to do this big thing and then you may find that somebody is suffering and in this case it was was you um because you weren't able to follow through and you know, it it is, and that it is, ended up being a blessing in disguise for us because you know we ended up investing in the equipment that we needed to do things on our own. Right. So that but, was your step. You yeah. know, now we we're we're kind of struggling to maintain our relationship with this previous supplier because we like him, we want to do business with him, but he's not able to follow through with what we need from him, and mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and we're just not we're just not really big enough to justify the time that he would need to put into what he's doing for us. Yeah. You know, so it may be something that doesn't really work out in the future, but well, and I think know, what, what you're, life. I think that's good that you brought that up. What you're describing is it's just a basic business dynamic. And when you're involved with a gallery, 
the gallery would be sort of like you in this situation. They're saying, yeah, but we, but you said you were going to give us all these paintings and now you're not. So we're stuck with not being able to schedule a show or whatever it is. And it, it really is quite damaging. And, uh, uh, you know, gallery would probably, uh, if they've been with them for a long time, they would probably try to work with you, but others would drop you at that point and say, we can't do this. So, it is always a business when you're with a gallery. It is a business and you have to treat it as such. You have to be as honest as you can and you have to be um, transparent. And well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if, if uh, you know, if our supplier had told us, you know, early on, like, hey, I got this other contract and I'm really not sure if I'm going to be able to work with you guys we would have taken it in stride, you know, mm-hmm. it would have, it would have hurt a little bit, but yes. we would have been able to prepare for it. Right. You know, as it was, we ended up going into the Christmas season short on inventory and, you know, I ended up working, buying equipment and working very, very long hours to <laughs> yes. make up the difference, you know? Right. And I think it is so hard to say no when something you know, I think many of us have the impulse always to say, yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll get you what you need. Yes, I'll do that. In the back of your mind thinking, even if it takes me, I'm staying up all night or I'm working super hard in order to make this happen. And yet there will perhaps come some point where you you realize, wow, I just have to say no to something or I have to drop something that was in progress. This is very painful and you really don't want it to happen very often. And I think as you're learning to regulate yourself, it can happen. And I think, yeah, it's just live and learn, live and learn. And probably your supplier lived and learned from this. So I think it's uh, all of this stuff about becoming professional. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to do things that didn't turn out right that you thought were all on on the table everything was going well and suddenly something falls apart and it is just you know to be expected i guess but there are lots of things that you can do all along the way to to keep things on a good level and and the communication is super important so when you have correspondence from anybody in the art world that is professional and you're being professional you keep up with that and it can take time and it, whether it's organizing a workshop or working with a gallery, you're going to have a lot of emails and things that, you know, you just have to give that some time and realize this part of your life. It's not like the old days where galleries would handle things for you. Now you're on your own with a lot of this and you have to do it yourself. And so being very organized as much as you can be. And again, I'm not a great example of this myself, but I I periodically go through all my emails that are that I haven't dealt with and keep up to date as much as I possibly can on everything, answering questions, responding to comments on Facebook that imply you know, that seem to ask for a response as much as I can. And I I know it's easy to let that stuff go. But it's part of your, it's part of who you are presenting to the world. I think. Um, well, and thank goodness for email and for Facebook because it would be really hard to do all that without those tools. Yeah, you know they yeah. they really do. If you think about the time commitment that it would take to respond through 
phone calls or through snail mail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would be yeah. very, very difficult. Right. We we really are living with special circumstances that can can be wonderful. And that is the social embracing social media to whatever extent you you're comfortable with and also you know having uh keeping your website up to date having up to date business cards all that stuff is about how you present yourself and your work to other people and so nothing says unprofessional like going to someone's website that hasn't been updated for 4 years or something it, oh yeah it just seems like it's uh whether whether you hire someone to do that or whether you start out with a website that you can do it yourself it's really important and and some websites themselves are not very professional they they emphasize the personal too much um they the website will be all about the artist and lots of pictures of them or personal information that isn't really part of the picture and that you know i think it's nice to have a, a photo or two of yourself on the website somewhere but you have to have a lot of other support for your work um statements resumes if you can get quotes from people about your work if you want to present yourself mainly as an artist but you also teach then downplay the teaching it can have a page but mostly the website should be about your artwork and so on and there's you know a lot of tips that can make your website itself appear professional one of them oddly enough and and i suspect that that you'll shake your head at this one is it's not considered professional to post your prices on your website and the reason for that is that uh, the website is thought of as a portfolio. No, that that does make sense to me in the in the context of art. Yeah. Um. It uh, it it bugs me when I go to a website like I'm looking for a gym membership and they don't pro- post their rates right. online. They want you to call. That bugs me. Right. But in the context of art, I think that it makes total sense because you're you're. It's not like you're gonna. It's not like you have like a WooCommerce widget on your website and you're going to like package it up and and send it, you know, to people who pay via PayPal for your artwork. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how art sales really work. Mm-hmm. Well, some do nowadays, actually. I mean, some there's more and more art. There's more and more art being bought online, uh, especially when people know your work, they've seen it and then they see something online that they they already respect your technique and the way things look in person and they're willing to, to go for it. But I think, yeah, I think it's it's the idea that when you're looking at someone's website, it's a portfolio of their work and and removing it initially from a sense of commerce, that initially you're looking at it as beautiful or important or meaningful work. And then if you're interested, then you make inquiries. Most artists that work with galleries have all their galleries listed and so you might call a gallery near to you and ask if you could see some work or whatever it is, follow up on. And and not everyone agrees with this. There are plenty of artist websites that have prices posted, but I I think the general standard is that you don't. Uh, you can have sales sites, like I have Artwork Archive, where I post small work with prices. That's a little different. These are things that I would just package up and send and I think it's nice to have one place where people can get a sense of your prices, but it wouldn't be on your main website. And that's just kind of a standard. So, 
all those things, all those little business um, attitudes, there's a lot to learn there. And there, there are definitely people and resources out there that focus very much on the business of art. And they're worth looking into and paying attention to. Well, did you have any final thoughts on professionalism and tips for pre- presenting yourself in a professional manner? I think, yes, I think there's a couple of things. And, and one of the things that I, I believe is that just just being a good human being is important in professionalism. So it doesn't mean that you're arrogant or full of yourself or pushy or any of the things that we might stereotype as a person selling things. Um, selling things is, or working in a professional capacity with a gallery is basically about providing people with things that they find beautiful or important or meaningful. And your own personality can play a part in that. And I think being generous and friendly and open, those are good attitudes to have. And they go against the stereotype artist who is perhaps uh, arrogant or perhaps so introverted that there's very little interaction. And so, you know, maybe that's not something that people can change, but I, I think good personality is is actually uh, part of it. You don't want to upset people and you don't want to push people away. And I think um, just being conscious of how you're representing yourself and, and also just knowing your own boundaries and what what you will do in the name of your work. And sometimes you are asked to do things outside of what you consider good practice. And um, again, stories from the past I could share, but uh, you know, being asked to do something that you say, "Well, I wouldn't normally do that. I don't. I don't paint, you know, realistic landscapes, for example." So even though you're offering me a bunch of money to paint a realistic landscape, I'm probably going to go, "Nah, I don't think so." And that you're not really always for hire for everything. <laughs> so I think I think it's a self-respect and um, knowing what you're going to do. And also, I think one last point is just you can expect professionalism from the galleries or organizations you work with. And if you're not getting it from them, I think it's time to reconsider whether you want to be working with them. And... So it's a two-way street. Yeah, you got to respect yourself. and Yeah, and expect other people to respect you as you respect them. So I guess that's sort of golden rule-ish, but hey, it works, right? <laughs> so yeah, I think that's about that all I have to say. Yeah, that's I, that seems like a good ending point to me. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, leave us a rating and a review, and remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Um, the great thing about this podcast is that it's not political, it's not religious, we don't curse. You can basically put it on in the car with anyone who's riding along, and hopefully everyone will be able to get something out of it. Um, so please share it with other people in your life who you think will enjoy it. 
Thanks for listening. We will be back again next week with more art and entertainment with a bit of sound advice. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks a lot for listening. 